Hello, and welcome back to Waking Up With Mel. This is episode 25, and today we are going to talk about Nimrod and Giants. It's going to be a good one, folks, so let's get started. I said this before, and I'll say it again. It changed my life, picking up the Bible. I remember growing up as a little girl, my mom would read it every day, and I'd think, that just looks so boring. Why would you want to read that? And then I picked it up one day. And I'm telling you, I couldn't put it down. And every single time I pick it up, I learn something new. I read something new. My mind gets blown. It's just, it's amazing. And so today, we're going to read some chapters out of the Bible. But we're also going to read some chapters that aren't in the Bible out of the book of what I call Jasher, um, which is mentioned in the Bible twice. The first time it's mentioned is when the sun and the moon stood still in the book of Joshua, when Joshua prayed that when he was fighting giants. And it says that God made the sun and moon stand still. And that was the first time I realized, hey, wait a second. Wait, wait one minute. (laughs) I don't think the earth is the way they say it is. Um, And then I continue to read the Bible and I confirm that God wrote about the way he created the earth for many reasons. And one of them is so we understand how much he loves us and that we are not just floating around in some abyss and we don't matter because we matter. We matter big time. We are made in God's image. So when I read this chapter, Genesis 6, and it said, Now it came to pass when men begin to multiply on the face of the earth. And the daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took them for wives for themselves, and all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men they bore children to them those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown the lord saw the wickedness of the that man was doing on the earth let me correct that then the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of thoughts in his heart was only evil continually and the lord was sorry he had made man on earth And he grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy whom I've had, whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, creepy things, and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I had made them. But, but there's always a but with God. You got to always wait for those buts. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You guys, you know why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord? It tells us why. And I am going to not explain it. I'm going to read it. I'm reading from the book of Jasher now. This is chapter four. And in this chapter, it just has talked about Enoch and how Enoch was basically the king over the world. He he hung out with God all the time. He is one of the two people in the Bible who did not die. He was taken up. It's a cool story. Get by the book of Jasher and read it. It's really cool. But anyways, um, so he he has just been taken up. And a bunch of people saw it. And when Enoch had ascended to heaven, all the kings of the earth rose and took Methuselah, his son, and anointed him. And they caused him to reign over them in place of his father. And Methuselah acted uprightly in the sight of God as his father Enoch had taught him. And he likewise, during the whole of his life, taught the sons of men wisdom, 
knowledge and the fear of God. And he did not turn from the good ways, either the right or the left. But in the latter days of Methuselah, the sons of men turned from the Lord. They corrupted the earth. They robbed. They plundered each other. They rebelled against God and they transgressed and they corrupted in their ways. They would not hearken to the voice of Methuselah, but rebelled against him. And the Lord was exceedingly wroth against them. The Lord continued to destroy the seed in those days so that there was neither sowing nor reaping in the earth. For when they sowed the ground in order that they might obtain food for their support, behold, thorns and thistles were produced, which they did not sow. And the sons of men still did not turn from their evil ways, and their hands were still extended to do evil in the sight of God. And they provoked the Lord with their evil ways, and the Lord was very wroth and repented that he had made man. And he thought to destroy and annihilate them, and he did so. In those days, Lamech, the son of Methuselah, was 160 years old. Seth, the son of Adam, died. And all the days of Seth that lived were 912 years, and he died. And Lamech was 108 years old when he took Asuma, the daughter of Elisha, E-L-I-S-A-A, the son of Enoch, his uncle, and she conceived. And at that time, the sons of men sowed the ground, and little food was produced. Yet the sons of men did not turn from their evil ways, and they trespassed and rebelled against God. And the wife of Lamech conceived and bare him a son at the time of the revolution of the year. And Methuselah called his name Noah, saying, The earth in his days at rest and free from corruption. And Lamech, his father, called his name Mechanan, saying, This one shall comfort us in our works and miserable toil in the earth which god has cursed and the child grew up and was weaned and he went in the ways of his father methuselah perfect and upright with god and all the sons of men departed in the ways of the lord in those days and they multiplied upon the face of the earth with the daughters and with sons and daughters they taught one another their evil practices and they continued sinning against the lord and every man made to himself a god and they robbed and they plundered, and every man his neighbor as well as his relative, and they corrupted the earth, and the earth was filled with violence. And their judges and rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from them, from their husbands, according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle, ugh, that's so gross, who took from the cattle of the earth, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air. So now they're having sex with all those type of animals. You know what that means, right? They took from them, they had sex with them. And they taught the mixture of animals of one species with another in order therein to provoke the Lord. And because God, God made each of us as a species, right? Angels are angels. Like I, I always, I don't laugh because I used to do it too. But when you say, oh, my, my angel in heaven, we don't go and change to angels when we die. We, our spirit is very much intact when we go to heaven. The only thing that loses any, any, um, I believe appearance is our skin, our earth suit. I believe we still look the same as people see us, but we don't have the same earth suit. I believe it's more a heavenly suit at that point rather than an earth suit. It doesn't grow old, decay, you know, all those things. Um, anyways, where was I? So these guys are pretty sick, having sex with all kinds of animals and the you know god was not happy and he saw the earth whole earth it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth all men and all animals and lord said 
And that's why he only took two of each kind because they were probably the ones that weren't all jacked up, right? Had inbred species and all that. And the Lord said, I will blot out man that I created from the face of the earth. Yea, ye, from a man to the birds of the air, together the cattle and the beasts that are in the field, I repent that I made them. And all men who walked in the way, and all men who walked in the ways of the Lord died in those days before the Lord brought evil upon man, which he has declared. For this was from the Lord that they should not see the evil, which the Lord spoke of concerning the sons of men. And Noah, he found grace in the sight of the Lord and the Lord chose him and his children to raise up seed upon the face of the whole earth. So just think about this for just a couple seconds. Okay. Cause nothing is new under the sun. I say that so much. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? Can you believe that? Well, actually, yeah, it's, it's happened before and nothing's new to God. You know, these, these people are sick and they're just getting sicker and sicker as time goes on. You know, like they're up in the game. It's kind of like if you've ever watched extreme sports back when I, in the 90s, you, skateboard tricks weren't anything compared to what they are now. Same with snowboard tricks, things like that. As a matter of fact... I'm going to date myself right now. When I grew up, there weren't even snowboarders on the mountain. And when we started snowboarding the mountain in Idaho, bogus, huh? Those skiers got outraged. When I moved to New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico has one of the best ski mountains here. <laughs> and the owner's dying wish supposedly was that skiers never be on the mountain. It wasn't until the recent few years that snowboarders were allowed because they were losing so much money to the tip from not allowing that. I digress. I digress. Let's go back, back to the Bible, back to, to, uh, we're getting there. I promise we're getting to, um, Nimrod, but what I have to start to explain to everybody is giants and the fact that these giants, and it explains it more in the book of Enoch, which I have on my lap right now. So I'm going to read you what I just opened up to, I thought it was funny because I almost didn't read this and I opened this page and here it is. And it says, and this is from the book of Enoch now, the one that was taken up, that one. Now, mind you, they took these books out of the Bible for a reason. You should definitely be getting the Ethiopian version of the Bible, not like that language, but the version they still have there with all the books intact because then you're going to get more than the 66 books that these satanic people want you to read. Because all these 66 books do is give you enough information to know that Jesus loves you, but also why does God kill everybody in the Old Testament? It's because he didn't create them. God created humans. He created angels. He created dogs. He created cats. And he created each of those breeds to stay within their breed. And we also, animals, everything has a free choice. All of us. And I believe a human has more capability and free thinking than an animal to make free choices. You know, an animal's at the submission of a human a lot of the times. Um, but God did not create angels to decide to come down from heaven to destroy his creation because they didn't want to worship what he created. They, it's, it's just crazy to me. And now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits. So the giants who are produced from spirits and flesh. So these are the giants that angels made with humans. 
They will be called evil spirits on the earth, <clears throat> and they shall live on the earth. Evil spirits have come out of their bodies because they are born from man and from holy watchers. They're beginnings of our primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on the earth, and evil spirits they shall be called spirits of the evil ones. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits on earth, which are born on earth, on earth shall be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants, they afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, war, destroy, and cause trouble on the earth. They take no food. They do not hunger or thirst. And they cause offenses, but are not observed. These and these spirits will rise up against children of men, against women, because they have produced from them in the days of slaughter and destruction whoo you guys that's intense and then um in chapter 16 of the book of enoch it says and at the death of the giant spirits will go out and shall destroy without incurring judgment coming from their bodies their flesh shall be destroyed until the days of consummation the great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless and shall be wholly consummated. And now, as to the watchers who have sent you to intercede for them who had been in heaven before, this is God talking to Enoch, say to them, you were in heaven, but all the mysteries of heaven had not been revealed to you, and you knew worthless ones, and these, in the hardness of your hearts, have made you know women. And through these mysteries, women and men work much evil on earth. Say to them therefore you have no peace so we've established where giants have come from now and that they're really no good and before i was spiritually awake i didn't look at depression as a spiritual attack i didn't look at um addiction as a spiritual attack i didn't look at a lot of things as a spiritual attack and now almost everything is a spiritual attack which jesus can fix with, you know, it's not like you have to go get an exorcism and a priest. You need Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit to fight those. And I have said that to people who do not believe in God and they think I'm absolutely crazy for saying that. Yet, these same people will go to uh, psychics, they'll go to medians, they'll go, uh, they'll get, they'll have a stack of quote unquote angel cards demon cards <laughs> what angels are you worshiping what angels are speaking to you the bible says to test the spirit all spirits that come to you because spirits are real there's good spirits and there's bad spirits there's the holy spirit there's a counterfeit holy spirit and you know how you test the spirits the bible tells you clearly how to do that and i believe because we are in such a spiritual time right now we should all know how to test these spirits so a spirit comes to you it might show itself as light I did an interview a while back it used to be on my old podcast that was deleted um, I think it's still on my YouTube page but it was with a Reiki um, lady who was really deep her whole life always really some people are highly open to the supernatural and others aren't and this woman was since she was a kid and unfortunately a lot of the times the only people that nurture that spiritual that's people that are awake spiritually like that since they're kids are the new age culture the new age people because they know the spiritual 
is real. And unfortunately, the Christian community tries to like almost turn, make people turn that off or like it's bad or they're evil, but you can use it for good or evil. And um, she was using it for evil and she had a lot of spirits in her house and stones and, you know, the whole new age thing. And um, once she started asking Jesus into her life, those spirits that she always thought were her guides and light started becoming very ugly and dark. They, they, they had to reveal themselves to her after she became a Christian. And one day she snapped a photo and one was in her hallway and it had the most darkest, like it's so creepy, these spirits. Um, and yeah, we need to cleanse our homes, our minds, our everything. And I'm not just talking, I'm talking about myself right now. So first John chapter four, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do I need to say that one more time? Let me, let me just repeat that real quick. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I just want to stop right there and say thank you, Jesus, because I am glad you're my demon slayer. I do not want to do it on my own. Um, so, and the last, it's not the last verse. Well, let me just finish the last two. It says, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak, speak as of the world and the world hears them. The news. We are of God, and he who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Ooh, that's pretty good, y'all. So, the flood comes. And I know a lot of people don't believe that there was ever a Noah's Ark, but they found the Ark. Okay? It's on Mount Ararat in this town called City of Eight, where the eight got out. And started the new world. And there's an interesting part about right after they get off the ark. And first of all, can you imagine being stuck on an ark with a bunch of stinky animals? Not knowing what the heck's going on. Like, never seeing rain before. Never seeing the the windows of heaven open up like that before. The whole earth's flooding. All these people are trying to pound down your ark before they get drowned. And you're what, like, you have to have faith in God at that point. And that's kind of where we're at now. And if you don't know, God chose Trump. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Some of you don't like that, but he did. And he told us since 2007, uh, go listen to my podcast about it. He, it, through his prophets, he will reveal all things. And the funny thing I've noticed through the Bible and even now is when God reveals things through his prophets, people do not want to hear it. They usually jump the prophet. Back in the old days, they would kill the prophet if they didn't like it. Nowadays, they just slander the prophet on social media. Um, like, it's just funny. Or that, you know, it's the same, like, 
maybe people believe for a second and then it doesn't happen the way they want it or the way they think it should and or God's too slow for them or something and they just turn their backs on the prophets on God's words because God loves us so much that he gets that he tells us and then we get to choose is that going to give us peace and comfort through a turbulent terrible time or are we going to get sucked up in in hell's news of doom and gloom and all the things and so there's very much a spiritual war out there and there's very much a God and there's very much a devil and the devil isn't with a pitchfork. It's a spiritual minions. He's got minions. He's got lots of little bros, lots of evil spirits. It's not just one, um, but there is one that was called Lucifer. You know, there was an evil spirit of, of that name. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people just think there's, one evil spirit called the devil and there's many and the it's it's interesting so after they get off the ark um noah gets a vineyard going on and he decides to make some wine and he decides to get drunk and he is passed out in his tent one day and his son ham who is like the jerk of the brothers goes and he makes fun of his dad. And he's like, ha 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 ha. Look at dad. Well, Noah wakes up and the next verse says that he cursed, not ham. He didn't curse ham. The kid that's laughing at him. No, he cursed ham's the kid. Cain. Why would you do that? Like if, if really think about that, if you're the grandfather and your kid's making fun of you cause you're drunk, why would you look past him and then curse his child? Well, there's a lot of um, theories out there. And the one that just really sits well with my soul is the theory that Noah noticed some type of giant genetic on his grandson. Maybe a six finger, a six toe, something that was he could visibly see that made him say, oh, crap, here we go again. Cursed be the seed of Canaan, he, he's got giant blood. And the only way that that could have happened is if Ham's wife had a dormant, you know, in her bloodline, but not visible to the eye. So maybe, maybe her parents, one of them was half giant or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just assuming I'm just theorizing here, but something happened to where Noah cursed his grandson and that's a fact he for sure 100 percent did that and you got to ask why and when you start to read ham's um bloodline you get to nimrod and let's let's go ahead and read that all right i'm not going to bore you with all these names of these bloodlines but ham had cush this other guy Miz mizdaram put and canaan okay so those are ham's four kids so Noah wakes up from his drunkness and he doesn't curse Cush, none of them except for Canaan for some reason, which to me is really interesting. Does Canaan have the giant bloodline? Because it's apparently Cush does too, it seems. Because if you read down here, it says, and Cush, the son of Ham, the son of Noah, took a wife in those days in his old age and she bare him a son and they called his name Nimrod saying at the time the sons of men begin to rebel and transgress against God. And the child grew up and his father loved him exceedingly for he was a son of his old age. And the garments of skin 
which God made for Adam and his wife when they went out of the garden were given to Cush. For after the death of Adam and his wife, the garments were given to Enoch, the son of Jared. And when Enoch was taken up to God, he gave them to Methuselah, his son. And at the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them into the ark, and they were with him until he went out of the ark. And on their going out, Ham stole the garments from his father Noah, and he took them and hid them from his brothers. And when Ham begot his firstborn Cush, he gave him the garments in secret, and they were with Cush many days. And when Cush also concealed them from his sons and brothers, and when Cush had begotten Nimrod, he gave him those garments through his love for him. And Nimrod grew up, and when he was 20 years old, he put on those garments. And Nimrod became strong when he put on those garments. And God, okay, so he wasn't, it doesn't say anywhere he's a giant here. It just says he became strong when he put on the garments, and God gave him might and strength, and he was a mighty hunter in the earth. Yes, he was a mighty hunter in the field, and he hunted animals, and he hunted and he built altars, and he offered upon them animals before the Lord. So at first, he's a good dude. He's over there wearing God's underwear, getting God's power and strength, worshiping God. And Nimrod strengthened himself. So now he's, now he's take I, the I. I can do it without God. And he rose up from amongst his brethren, and he fought the battles of his brethren against all their enemies round about. And the Lord delivered all the enemies of his brethren in his hands, and God prospered him from time to time in his battles, and he reigned upon earth. Therefore it became current in those days when a man ushered forth those that he had trained up for battle, he would say to them, like God did to Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter in the earth, and who succeeded in battles that prevailed against his brethren, that he delivered them from the hands of their enemies. So may God strengthen us and deliver us this day. And when Nimrod was 40 years old at that time, there was a war between his brethren and the children of Japheth. Okay, so that's Noah's other kid. So that they were in the power of their enemies. And Nimrod went forth at that time, and he assembled all the sons of Cush and their families, about 460 men. And he hired also from his friends and acquaintances about 80 men. And he begave them their hire, and he went with them to battle. And when he was on the road, Nimrod strengthened their hearts of the people that went with him. And he said to them, Do not fear, neither be alarmed, for our enemies will be delivered into our hands, and you may do this with them as you please. And all the men that were about 500, they fought against their enemies, and they destroyed them and subdued them. And Nimrod placed standing officers over them in their respective places. And he took some of their children as security and they were all servants to Nimrod and to his brethren and Nimrod and all the people that were with him homeward and when Nimrod had joyfully returned from the battle after conquering his enemies all his brethren together with those who knew before him assembled to make him king over them and they placed a regal crown upon his head and he set over his subjects and people princes judges rulers as the custom amongst kings and he placed Tara the and that is um Abraham's dad, Terah. And he placed Terah, the son of Naar, the prince of his host, and he dignified him and elevated him above all his princes. And with this, he was reigning according to his heart's desire, 
After having conquered all his enemies around, he advised his counselors to build a city for his place, and they did so. And they found a large valley opposite to the east, and they built him a large and extensive city, and Nimrod named that city that they built Shinar, for the Lord had vehemently shaken his enemies and destroyed them. And Nimrod dwelt in Shinar, it's S-H-I-N-A-R, and he reigned securely, and he fought with his enemies, and he subdued them, and he prospered in his battles, and his kingdom became very great. And all nations and tongues heard of his fame, and they gathered themselves to him, and they bowed down to the earth, and they brought him offerings, and he became their lord and king, and they dwelt with him in the city of Shinar. And Nimrod reigned in the earth over all the sons of Noah, and they were under his power and counsel. And all the earth was of one tongue and words of union. But Nimrod did not go in the ways of the Lord. He was more wicked than all the men that went before him from the days of the flood until those days. Wow. So from the days of the flood until those days, he was the most evil dude. And he made gods of wood and stone and he bowed down to them and he rebelled against the Lord and he taught all his subjects and to the people of earth, his wicked ways. And Mardin, his son, was more wicked than his father. And everyone that heard the acts of Mardin, the son of Nimrod, would say concerning him, For wicked goes forth wickedness. Therefore it became a proverb in the whole earth, saying, From wicked goes forth wickedness. And it is current in the words from men from that time to this. And Terah, the son of Naar, the prince of Nimrod's host, in those days was a very great in the sight of his king and his subjects. And the kings and princes loved him, and they elevated him high. So it goes on to tell us how Abraham came into the picture. And when he was born, all the wise men were there. They saw that Abraham was going to take Abraham's seed was going to take out Nimrod. So Nimrod said, "Terah, bring me your kid. I'm killing him." Terah ended up bringing him a different kid, not Abraham, because as we all know, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. So. Um, Long story short, uh, Abraham's trying to figure out who God is. He's like trying to figure out is it all the statues. My dad has all the statues of the, you know, 12 astrological signs. And so he basically proved to his dad that these statues have no, no, no power. They don't have ears to hear his dad pray. They don't have eyes to see his dad. They, they can't help his dad. So what the heck is he praying to him for? He, and then the dad kind of admits after Abraham destroys them that, they could have destroyed themselves because that's what Abraham told him. They just killed, they all killed themselves. So they were jealous of each other. And the dad was like, they couldn't have done that. And he's like, well, then why did he pray to him? And it's so funny because to this day, I see people with Buddhas in their car. Did Buddha die on the cross for anybody? No. And I think the whole Buddha story is so funny too, because if you really read about Buddha's history, he married his cousin. He was rich prince, married his cousin, had a kid with his cousin. His cousin named his kid Ball and Chain um, and then booked out like the day or two after the kid's born. So he left his cousin with a newborn and then went to go find enlightenment and instead of raising his kid that he created. I guess it's you go out in the world and deprive yourself and starve yourself to death. 
and then become obviously fat by the end of your life. I don't know. It's so weird. I'm just like, I do not get the whole Buddha thing. I don't get Buddhism. I just don't get it. I don't get religion, you guys. I do not like religion. The only reason I call myself a Christian is because I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I do not believe in religions that surround Christianity, if that makes sense. Um, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I will confess his name till the day I die. And that is how simple God made it. And instead we make all these other gods and we bow down and da 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 da. But let's get back to Nimrod here. Okay, this part I find mind-blowing. Again, in the book of Jasher, it says, And King Nimrod reigned securely, and all the earth was under his control, and all the earth was of one tongue and of words of union. So it's, it says that again. So it says that twice. And all the princes of Nimrod and his great men took counsel together. Put, uh, those, these are his uh, uncles, Miz, uh, so Ham's kids and Cush and Canaan with all their families. And they said to each other, come, let us build ourselves a city in it and a strong tower and its top reaching heaven. And we will make ourselves famed so that we may reign upon the whole world isn't it funny how there always wants this new world order of, the, of man reigning in order that that the evil of our enemies may cease from us, that we may reign mightily over them and that we may not become scattered over the whole earth on account of their wars. And they all went before the king and they told the king these words and the king agreed with them in this affair and he did so. And all the families assembled consisting about 600,000 men and they went to seek an extensive piece of ground and they built a city and a tower and they sought in the whole earth and they found none like the valley east, the land of Shinar. It's about a two days walk and they journeyed and they dwelt there and they began to make bricks and burn fires to build the city and the tower that they had imagined to complete. And the building of the tower was unto them a transgression and sin and they began to build it. And they with and with list they were building against the Lord God of heaven. They imagined in their hearts to war against him and to ascend to heaven. And and that just shows you right there that the people back then even knew that you could get to the firmament <laughs> in my opinion. So they knew like they thought they could get there anyways. And all these people and all the families divided themselves in three parts. The first said, we will ascend to heaven and we will fight against him. And the second said, we will ascend to heaven and place our own gods there and serve them. And the third part said, we will ascend to heaven and smite him with bows and spears. And God knew all their works and all their evil thoughts. And he saw the city and the tower which they were building. And when they were building, they built themselves a great city, a very high and strong tower. And on account of its height, the mortar and the bricks did not reach the builders in their ascent to it until those who went up had completed a full year. Holy moly. And after that, they reached to the builders and gave them the mortar and the bricks, and it was done daily. And behold, these ascended and others descended the whole day. And if a brick should fall from their hands and get broken, they would all weep over it. And if a man fell and died, none of them would even look at him. And the Lord knew their thoughts, and it came to pass when they were building they cast the arrows towards the heaven and the arrows followed, fell upon them filled with blood. And when they saw them, they said to each other, surely we have slain all those who are in heaven. For this was from the Lord in order to cause them error, in order to destroy them from off the face of the ground. 
And they built the tower and the city, and they did this thing daily until many days and years were elapsed. And God said to the 70 angels who stood foremost before him, to those who were near to the, him, saying, Come, let us descend and configure their tongues, that one man shall not understand the language of his neighbor. And they did so unto them. And from that day following, they forgot each man his neighbor's tongue, and they could not understand to speak to one another. And when the builder took from the hands of his neighbor lime or stone, which he did not order, the builder would cast it away and throw it upon his neighbor that he would die. And they did so many days, and they killed many of them in this manner. And the Lord smote the three divisions that, they, that were there. He punished them according to their works and designs. And those who said, we will ascend to heaven and serve our gods became like apes and elephants. And those who said, we will smite the heavens with arrows, the Lord killed them one man through the hand of his neighbor. And the third division, those who said, we will ascend to heaven and fight against him, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. And those who were left amongst them, they knew and understood the evil that was coming upon them. And they forsook the, forsook the building, and they also became scattered upon the face of the whole earth. And they ceased building the city and the tower, and therefore he called that place Babel. For there the Lord confounded the language of the whole earth, Behold, it was at the east of the land of Shinar. And as to the tower which the sons of men built, the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up one third part thereof. And the fire also descended from heaven and burned another third. And the other third is left to this day. And, is of, and it is of part which is aloft, and its circumference is a three days walk. And many of the sons of men died in that tower, a people without number. So there it tells you a little bit about our bro uh, Nimrod. You know, many people will think he was a giant. Many people don't. I don't know. All I know is he had special underwear that made him pretty powerful. And he took that power and that might and got cocky with it like a lot of people do, forsook God, and started to make himself God over himself over everything so how did Nimrod die Nimrod was a mighty hunter he won all the wars well I don't know if you guys remember Abraham I who I talked about earlier who Nimrod wanted to kill he ends up having a couple kids and that those kids names are Jacob and Esau Esau I don't know how people like to say that it's spelled E-S-A-U and um Jacob was kind of a mama's boy and Esau was a hunter and um, he decides that one that he's going to take out Nimrod. And so it says, and Esau at the time after Abraham's death frequently went out to the field to hunt and Nimrod, king of Babel, the same was A-M-R-P-H-E-L. So Nimrod had that name as well. And likely he got that name because all the languages changed so from Nimrod, he was probably called several different names. And A-M-R-A-P-H-E-L was a name he was probably historically could be found. Also frequently went with his mighty men to hunt in the field and to walk about with his men in the cool of the day. And Nimrod was observing Esau all the days, for a jealousy was formed in the heart of Nimrod against Esau all the days. And on a certain day, Esau went to the field to hunt, and he found Nimrod walking in the wilderness with his two men. And all his mighty men and his people who were with him in the wilderness, but they re they removed at distance from him. 
And they went from him in a different direction to hunt. And Esau concealed himself for Nimrod. And he lurked for him in the wilderness. And Nimrod and his men that were with him did not know him. And Nimrod and his men frequently walked about the field at the cool of the day and to know where his men were hunting in the field. And Nimrod and the two of his men that were with him came to the place where they were when Esau started suddenly from his lurking place and he drew his sword, hastened and ran to Nimrod and cut off his head. And Esau fought a desperate fight with the two men that were with Nimrod. And when they called out to him, Esau turned to them and smote them to death with a sword. And all the mighty men, and mighty means giant, okay? Mighty, big, renowned, men of renown. Um, all the mighty men of Nimrod who had left him to go to the wilderness heard the cry at the distance, and they knew the voices of those two men, and they ran to know the cause of it. And when they found their king and the two men that were with him lying dead in the wilderness, and when Esau saw the mighty men of Nimrod coming at a distance, he fled and thereby escaped. And Esau took the valuable garments of Nimrod, the so he's, I think he's talking about the underwear there. Yep, right here it says, which Nimrod's father had bequeathed to Nimrod, in which Nimrod's prevail over the whole land, and he ran and concealed them in his house. And Esau took those garments and ran to the city on account of Nimrod's men, and he came into his father's house, wearied and exhausted from the fight, and he was exceedingly ready to die through the grief in which he approached his brother Jacob and sat before him. And he said to his brother Jacob, Behold, I shall die this day. Wherefore then do I want the birthright? And Jacob acted wisely <clears throat> with Esau in this matter. And Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, for it was brought so about by the Lord. And Esau's portion of the cave of the field at M-A-C-H-P-E-L-A-H, which Abraham had bought from the children of Heth, which is a giant, for the possession and burial ground, Esau also sold Jacob, and Jacob bought all this from his brother Esau for a given, for a value given. And Jacob wrote the whole of this in a book, and he testified the same with a witness, and he sealed it in a book that remained in the hands of Jacob. And when Nimrod, the son of Cush, died, his men lifted him up and brought him to in concentration and buried him in the city. And all the days that Nimrod lived were 215 years, and he died. And the days of Nimrod reigned upon the people of the land were 185 years and Nimrod died by the sword of Esau in shame contempt and the seed of Abraham caused his death as he had seen in his dream and the death of Nimrod and his kingdom became divided into many divisions and all those parts that Nimrod reigned over were restored to the respective kings of the lands who had recovered them after the death of Nimrod and all the people in the house of Nimrod were for a long time enslaved to all the other kings of the land. Wow. I think this story of Nimrod is so cool. But let's talk about how Nimrod and Jesus are both associated with December 25th. I think it's so annoying how Satan has changed all God's timelines and all God's dates and people celebrate all that stuff on pagan holidays. And we just talked about it in my last podcast with a star in Easter. And um, same thing holds true with December 25th. It is pretty much in my heart proven by the teachings of Dr. Michael Heiser. He has since passed, I believe this year he passed away in 2023, which is so sad. And I hope, well, for us on earth, thank you for the work he's done because man, it's, it's incredible. But what he has determined 
based on revelations, based on stars and computer programming, so you could see the way the stars were set up, that Jesus was really born on September 11th, 3 BC. And I just feel in my spirit that that's probably true. So we just talked about how Nimrod died, but we didn't talk about Nimrod's wife. And they say that he married uh, his mom. So yuck. Ooh, that's so gross to even think about. But anyways, so once, and her name was S-E-M-I-R-A-M-I-S. So I'm going to just Semiris. That's what I'm going to call her. His wife and his mother spread a lie and said that he had not died, but in fact gone to heaven since he called himself the son of God. The son God. Sorry, not son of God. He called himself son God. So S-U-N, not S-O-N. And so his mother became pregnant and claimed it to be a gift from the gods, the reincarnation of Nimrod, when in fact it was a result of betrayal since her husband and son were already dead. And Tamaz, so that's the son she was pregnant with, was born on December, you guessed it, 25th. The sun god of the Egyptian, Babylonians, Greeks, Persians, Romans, and today from the secret societies. He died during a hunting trip, probably by a wild animal, and his body was found slumped over a rotten tree trunk. His mother said it said that a pine tree sprouted from the rotten trunk every year on the 25th of December. It's common for people to take a pine tree home, decorate it with gold and silver as a symbol of a rebirth of, you guessed it, Tamaz. This is where it gets even more fascinating, though. The priest fast and wept for 40 days and 40 nights over the death of Tammuz. I think that's how you say it, Tammuz. At the foot of the pine tree, and once finished, they thanked each other by exchanging gifts, which were placed at the foot of the pine tree every year on, you guessed it, December 25th. So we're really celebrating uh, Tammuz, Tamaz, however you say his name's birthday on December 25th. Not Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but, you know... It's all in our hearts. God sees our hearts. When the Persians dominated this, but I'm telling you guys, the more I learn, the harder it is to like get with these celebrations. It's I, I, I used to love putting up my Christmas tree and now I don't even know if I want one anymore. Okay. When the Persians dominated this region, they took all of their idols back to Persia, including the gods of Tammuz, Nimrod, and Sermas, the mom. And simply changed their names. The Greeks soon gained power and they did the same thing by changing their names and they became Zeus, Aphrodite, and Eros. Then the Egyptians gained power and changed their names as well and they became Horus, Isis, and Horus. But during the time of Jesus Christ, Rome was in power and they also changed their names which became known as Venus and Cupid. And because the father figure was dropped during the 4th century after Christ to please the Christians who were in large number in Rome, the emperor of Constantine decided to honor Christianity, making it official religion of Rome. To please them even more, he took the strongest names within the Christianity and gave the idols Christian names. Shermas and Tammuz became known as Baby Jesus and Virgin Mary. As a result, Christmas was still being celebrated as a birth of baby Jesus, when in fact this boy was Tammuz, a pagan god. Another form of deceit in disguise are the obelisk, O-B-E-L-I-S-K, made of stone in a square elongated shape. These monuments were precisely placed 
an essential area of open spaces and the temples of the sun god. And don't I think we have those in Washington, D.C., don't we? And that's precisely why God said he's going to take all these disgusting monuments down. And I don't know if you understand, it is a representation of a sexual act. This is a blesker, a blesker, however you say it. I'm not real good at that. Is in the middle of a satanic eight step to enlightenment in St. Peter's Square at Vatican. So that's the picture I'm looking at right now. It's quite interesting to see a sexual representation at Vatican. <laughs> Proof that Roman Catholic have a deep, deep form of Satanism. I don't, you guys need to check out Vatican. They have like serpents and this like creepy like not in an adam and eve type of way like they they worship the serpent type of way like it's the things i've learned about vatican is a whole nother podcast that i should actually probably talk about because it's horrific and i feel like they take advantage of a lot of like good people tithing and all that stuff so they can keep the satanic stuff going but anyways there's the story of nimrod you know, uh, a whole story of his mama is probably a whole nother podcast, but I just wanted to add that in there because I think it's very interesting how Nimrod's connected to Jesus's birthday, um, and how they even connect Nimrod to father, son, and Holy spirit, totally two different people and two different, not the same, not even close. Father God, I thank you so much for your books that you have left us that we have the option to read or not read. I thank you so much for the the minds that you give us that we have the freedom to think, to, to think freely and to speak freely. I thank you for this country that looks like it's falling apart, but you have bigger and better plans than what we see. I pray that people stop looking at the negative and they start focusing on you. I pray that you send your mighty angels of protection over us from all this demonic freedom these demons have right now. And I pray that you just protect our homes, our children, our families. And I just thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you gave you gave yourself to us to show us the sacrifice that you make because you love and thank you for being love and thank you for taking the beginning of the world to the end all in account and thank you for putting us all here and giving us all a chance to make a decision do we believe you or do we believe the enemy who's very much against you i love you father and i hope those who are listening find that they are loved by you in jesus amen Thanks again for listening, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at Waking Up With Mel podcast. I've been deleted a thousand times. I'm also on TikTok and YouTube. So I do not post my podcast anywhere but here. But if you have any podcast requests or any videos you would like me to do, just hit me up there and I would love to chat with you. I also set up a new email address, which is wakingupwithmel at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out there as well. If you have any prayer requests, anything you need at all, you just let me know. Have a great day.